Good morning. Um, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a pacer when I talk, so I apologize right up front. Um, I like to kind of move back and forth a little bit. But a blog I once read um, on public speaking, orating, um, said that you should speak with a bit of urgency. Um, have a reason to get finished. And he suggested one of those reasons was to have a full bladder. Um, and that... And then there was a number of famous orators who suggested that this was their own personal strategy for speaking well. It, it, it gives you a, a reason to get finished, to go to the bathroom, but also it, it helps you to not ramble, to not go off on tangents and to, to you know, tell stories that you shouldn't be telling. Um, and so, you know, every strategy is worth trying. So if at some point I stay behind the podium, you'll know why. Um, <laughs> and so uh, that's just my own personal strategy. Um, if you had told me nine years ago that I would be up here, um, I would have laughed at you back then when there was actual wooden pews in here and I was just a, a wee university student listening to George for the first time. Um, I never thought that this would be a place I would one day be standing. Um, and that was just uh, far from the, the realm of possibility for me. And even further, if you told me that that would be eventually about missions, I would have scoffed at you. Um, that's not something that I ever thought I would be would be doing. Um, and so the title of my thing today, as you can see, is Rethinking Missions. And uh, the re is in brackets for a reason. Um, and that is that Tyndale has always been a place that has thought about missions. It's been, always been on the forefront of Tyndale's mind. I've come into a role um, and filling very large shoes left by Dave Roberts, who started a tremendous program here with sending our students overseas, many of which students in this very room have participated in. And so for me, the challenge was to um, try and fill those shoes, which I knew I'd never be able to, but then also to, to maybe think, is there things we could do differently? Is there things that we should do differently? Um, and to honor the program that we've started and to continue it, to, to grow it and to see it go further. And so I want to also rethink missions a little bit. Um, back in the fall of 1999, I believe it was, at the tender age of 15, I went to an event called Acquire the Fire. Many of you may be familiar with that event. Um, it was at Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. And um, it's just one of those standard conferences, very emotional music, high energy, altar calls, all that fun stuff. And um, I definitely went for a girl, um, because during prayer you get to hold hands, so why not? Um, <laughs> and um, that was definitely a reason for me to go. And um, I remember the, the theme of that particular Choir of the Fire, and it may be of all of them, I don't know, I only went to one, um, was missions. And they actually had this pamphlet, and in the back of the pamphlet they had a, a, a missions covenant that you could sign and hand in at the end. And that was just part of this high um, energy, very emotional altar call. And hundreds of kids went forward with these pages held in the air. And um, for me, it was not something I wanted to do, so I stayed up in the, in the stands. Um, but I also remember that the, uh, one of the theme songs for that conference was by the legendary Christian band Audio Adrenaline. Many of you may be familiar with it, Hands and Feet. And the chorus of that song, um, which I think I have, the words here is, I want to be your hands, I want to be your feet, I'll go where you send me, I'll go where you send me. And I try, yeah, I try, to touch the world like you touched my life, and I, might, and I find my way to be your hands. Um, a song that uh, definitely played on repeat a lot after this conference because it was catchy. Um, and 
never really understood what the hands and feet reference meant until much later in my life. Um, but this was my, I would say honestly, my first introduction to what missions was, is. And it continued to grow from this point. This was the seed that would eventually germinate into this job that I now find myself in. And um, I remember, though, at the time, distinctly thinking, I don't want to go to Africa. Because missions for me, as a small boy, was always, you have to go to Africa. Um, because that's the only place that needs Jesus, apparently. Um, and while very true, um, it, it, it for some reason just freaked me out. I don't know why. Um, and so it was something that I can't explain. It was just there. And, and the early dilemma that I had with missions is one, I think, that is very rooted in, in the Christian problem with missions that, as I see it. And that is that we have missions organizations, many of which are here today, or some, not many, um, are here today. And, and they send missionaries, and those missionaries go and do missionary work, and then they come back and throw us slideshows, and, and that's great. And we give them money, and that's how missions works, right? Um, and... And I see that as, as a problem. Many of us maybe even have family that are missionaries, a dedicated long-term missionary. I had an aunt um, that served for many years in Colombia and Venezuela, and I thought, I'm close enough. That's good. Um, you know, that's, that's my involvement right there. Thank you, Lord. Um, and, uh, and just being related, uh, that should be good enough. Um, but I didn't need to go, right? Um, no, that wasn't for me. Um, and yet... At the age of 16 or 17, um, a little later on down the road after that Acquire the Fire conference, my friend and I, Dale Bodway, who actually attended the school as well, and we are still best friends to this day, um, decided that we wanted to go to Jamaica. <coughs> Sorry, wrong, <coughs> wrong pipe. And <coughs> I'm pretty sure the reason that we wanted to go to Jamaica was because it was fun to say Jamaica woo. And... Um, and so we would go around church being like, Jamaica, woo! Um, and that was, I'm pretty sure, the reason we wanted to go. Um, but we found out that trip got canceled. And so we were given the opportunity to go to Haiti. And it's just not as fun to say Haiti, woo. Um, but we went nonetheless. And it was just a one-week missioncation. And um, we uh, had a great time. And uh, we helped to build a church that eventually would be turned into a school. And we felt we did a good work, um, but it was definitely a vacation while doing some missions work. And that, again, will be a theme that reoccurs through my life in missions, just doing the missioncation rather than the missions trip and the, the complete dedication on God. Um, but that was my first time going overseas. It was my first time going away without my parents. It was my first time seeing poverty at its most extreme, Haiti being the poorest country in our hemisphere. Um, it was very striking. But I don't know why, and I can't explain it, it never really hit me. Um, I saw amazing things. I saw amazing people doing amazing work. Um, I saw that the spiritual hunger there was very strong. Voodoo has a strong presence in Haiti. Um, the, the, the drums would bang at night, and you could hear them, and it, there was this ominous feeling about that. It was kind of scary, but at the same time, very awakening for myself to, to, to experience something like that. But at the same time, I, when I came back, I didn't have that culture shock that I was so warned about. I remember people saying they had to hold themselves up in their house for days because they couldn't stand to see our extreme wealth. And for me, it, it never 
it never, that never happened because I realized that the spiritual hunger there was no different than the spiritual hunger that I was experiencing at home. And that was the reason why I went and that was the reason why I came back and, and knew that I had to do something. Um, but after that, I kind of became a short-term missions junkie. I've been, on, I've been to five nations, including our own, um, on short-term missions trips of various kinds and various purposes. Um, all of them I look back on fondly, and to each one I can see how my own personal life has grown and developed as a result of meeting these people overseas. And for each one I can see how my ministry back home grew and developed that, you know, I'm now a youth group leader 10 years later and still loving it, working with these kids and, and just having a good time. And I can see that that has a direct result of, of these missions trips um, and to experience other parts of the world and to bring that back home with me. And for me, missions never was really about over there. It was about right here. Or it was about what was in front of me. Um, and not to say that over there doesn't matter. It does greatly, and I do believe that we need to continue to serve the people overseas. And that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. The point is that missions is where you are. It's right in front of you. I love those missions trips because they made me a better person. They made me a better Christian. They helped me to grow, and they helped me to become who I am today. The second time that I came home from Calcutta, I went there once with Tyndale in 2007 and then um, went by myself to serve with the same family in 2009. And when I came home, I was working for a pool company. I was cleaning indoor pools, very rich people's pools. I'm probably not allowed to say this, but I know where Anne Murray lives. And um, you can ask me later. Um, it's actually not too far from here. Um, but I cleaned her pool. Um, I cleaned Conrad Black's pool, Ted Rogers' pool. And there was just something about that that repulsed me when I came home from India. Um, and maybe you could call that a little bit of culture shock. I call it doing something that is pointless shock. Um, it was, I was cleaning um, rich people's pools and felt I was not contributing to humanity one iota. Um, and so that was in 2009. And, and after that, I, I dedicated myself to finding a career that meant something, that gave back. And shortly, very shortly after I said that, um, Siobhan, who used to work in the admissions office, contacted me and said, there's a, an opening at Tyndale. Um, I think you should apply for it. And so I did and got the job and won them over with my barbecue sales. Um, and it was a, a blessing for me personally, and I don't know if they realized that fully, just how much it meant for me to get out of this career that I saw as a dead end going nowhere to something that actually meant something to people. Um, and, and I felt that helping students get into a school was of a high calling. And, and three years later, I found the opportunity to apply for another position within the school. And um, I realized I was helping students get into the school but what happened after that point? And I realized that there was more that I could do to help students continue to see the mission field, continue to see their potential and achieve their calling. And so the fact that I am here now, standing here before you, is a direct result of those missions trips. And that my kingdom work is a direct result of what... God started in me in Haiti, when I said Haiti woo, and finished in me um, by making it to this position. 
Um, thank you to Hillary for reading those scriptures for us. You can't talk about missions without talking about the Great Commission. And um, I just want to... Con- um, I have them up on the screen again, um, and the part I really want to emphasize is the make disciples of all nations. Um, to me, that is the most important part of that, um, if you can say that there is. Maybe that's heresy, I don't know. Talk to me later, theology professors. Um, but make disciples of all nations. All nations. There's no distinction between United States, Canada, Haiti, India, Zambia, Kenya, it's all nations. Um, And then a good chaser to that verse is in Acts where he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. These aren't meant to be in sequence, they're meant to be simultaneous. You're supposed to serve the entire world simultaneously. You're supposed to be in all those places as brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's not you start in Jerusalem, you work out to Judea, then maybe you go to Samaria, and then after that you can go to the ends of the earth. It's all of them. All of them. And so when I was 16, sitting in Hamilton at Acquire the Fire, I thought this commission was to people like my aunt, who served in Venezuela, not me. I thought it meant if you were going out into the world, then this is what you do. But Jesus isn't talking to just my aunt. He's talking to me as well. And to you, we all have a responsibility to go out and to share Jesus, to be a disciple and to make disciples. We can go to Calcutta, we can go to Zambia, we can even go to Toronto. We can even walk right next door to our neighbor and to make disciples of all nations. It's about being good citizens in the kingdom of God. It's about participating in what he is doing all around us. In the beauty of the Lord's prayer, Jesus has this one line, your will on earth Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this is a very important clause in this prayer. And the reason I call it a clause is because he's talking about bringing heaven down to earth and that this is a condition for how we're supposed to live in the kingdom. We're supposed to constantly be striving to bring heaven to earth. And that is a condition of how we make disciples. And heaven and earth are supposed to come together as one to participate in the work going on around us. Um, There's this great quote I have from author John Huckins. It says, When we extend the good news of the kingdom in Jesus, we are not doing missions. We are acting as participants in the mission of God, which has been unfolding since the beginning of humanity's story. That statement sums it up right there. We are just participating in the mission of God. We are not doing missions. We are participants in the mission the mission we participate in is the work of God going around, on around us at all times, regardless of where you are in the world. This summer, we had approximately 40 students go out on global outreach missions um, through short-term trips. Um, if any of them are here, would you please stand up? Any of that participated in any of our five trips that went out last year? Um, we also had... Stay standing. (laughs) We also had 14 students go to Camden, New Jersey. Is there anybody here from Leading Edge last year that went on that trip? Stand up, please. Um, Stay standing. Um, And we want to thank you. We did thank you, but we want to continue to thank you for your time, energy, and dedication to those people that you served and to that mission that you participated in. And we believe that that is an amazing work that you did and that you participated in the mission of God. And so we thank you. You can sit down.
Is there anybody here that worked at a summer camp? Is there anybody here that did trace here at Tyndale? Is there anybody here that interned at a church or worked for some Christian organization? If you would, please stand. Again, we want to thank you for your time, your energy, your dedication to the mission of God. You participated in something. You made disciples of all nations by participating in something going on around you here, locally, or maybe in Muskoka, if you were at a camp. Um, We want to thank you. But there's one forgotten group. Stand up if you simply mowed a lawn, stocked shelves, landscaped, worked at Starbucks. Please, stand up. This summer. You, too, were participants in the mission of God. Whether it's you talked to your coworkers, you prayed for them, you prayed with them. Um, we want to thank you for being participants in the mission of God. You can't work at camp every summer and you can't go on a missions trip every summer and sometimes you just have to make money, but it doesn't mean that you're not participating in the mission of God. And so we want to thank you as well. Whatever it was, wherever it was, we continue to thank you for what you're doing. Um, There's no divide between what happens out there and what happens in here. What happens right here, it took me a long time to get that, maybe too long. Um, I always wanted the exotic missioncation where I got to see exotic foreign lands and meet exotic foreign people, and I thought that was the point. But I failed to realize that I missed so many opportunities to be in the mission of God right here. Um, blogger Rachel Held Evans, some of you may be familiar with her, has this blog, How to Follow Jesus Without Being Shane Claiborne, is one of the titles of these articles. And um, there's this quote from it that I just simply love. And it starts off with, love the person right in front of you. Whether it's a stranger behind the checkout counter, a toddler who refuses a diaper change, an estranged friend, or a close family member, my calling in life is to love the person right in front of me, the way that Jesus would, patiently, attentively, unconditionally. Moment by moment, day by day. And that's what I would ask of all of you. That's what I would ask of myself. Whether you're traveling to Cambodia or to the Danforth, love the person right in front of you. Participate in the mission of God, the mission field that's right in front of you. And whether that mission field carries you back to Zambia sometime this summer, or to India, or if it just takes you to a summer camp up north, participate in that mission with all your heart. Tyndale is a school that for a long time has sent people into the world to change the world. And this summer, through your efforts, the kingdom of God came a little closer to earth, I believe. The Christian life, and I quoted myself here, um, (laughs) the Christian life should never be defined defined by what we don't do, but rather by what we do. Tyndale strives to be a place of doing, of going out into all the world and to participate in the mission of God. This year, we will be offering a number of global outreach missions trips, much in the same vein that we have for the past number of years. Um, There's a brochure that I have out on my desk that you can pick up, and if you feel that the Lord is leading you to participate in one of those, I suggest you take it and pray about it. We'll be having a number of interest sessions and things like that, and the ball is rolling on these things, and I'm excited and thrilled at the opportunity to participate with you if that is you this summer. As well, we are going to Urbana 
um, a time for students to go and learn more about how to participate in mission right in front of them or across the world. Um, and so we've got information about that out there as well that you can pick up and, and we recommend that you t check that out as well. And as well, we will be working towards increasing our local involvement. There is no reason why 100% of the students at Tyndale shouldn't be involved in something right here, whether it's through your own personal church or something that Tyndale has. And so we want you to prayerfully consider getting involved somehow, some way. And I've got two great students here from the University Student Council who are working with me locally and globally, and you can always contact them. And if you're in the seminary, I want to talk to you as well. And we want to see more involvement from our students here and abroad. And that's what gets me excited, and that's what gets me thrilled about being here and doing what I'm doing. And so there's a number of tables out there with some of the organizations we are partnered with, and I suggest taking a minute to talk to them, to see what they're doing and to see if that is possibly where your mission field is taking you next. So before lunch, say hey to them, and otherwise, I hope you have a great day. And let's just close off in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day that you provided for us. We thank you that you continue to do a good work in us, that we, your people, can continue to strive to bring heaven to earth through what we do, through the mission that we participate in, and through the people that we encounter on a daily basis. I pray that Tyndale is a school that loves the people right in front of them. I pray that we continue to strive to bring that mission field into our focus every day. And that whether we're sitting in class, standing in line at Starbucks, or on a plane to Zambia, Lord, that you continue to do a good work in us. And that we continue to be people who make disciples, continue to be your disciples, and continue to serve your mission wherever and whenever we find ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>